0: MSW Media. Big shout out today to Helix Sleep. Take their two minute sleep quiz and they'll match it to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. In honor of Labor Day, Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to slash dailybeans and use code HelixPartner25.
1: Daily
0: beans daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans hello and welcome to the daily beans for monday august twenty first twenty twenty three Today, Mark Meadows told Special Counsel Jack Smith that Trump never declassified the Mar-a-Lago documents. The Department of Justice recommends 33 years in prison for Proud Boys Enrique Tarrio. The former head of Project Veritas, James O'Keefe, is now under criminal investigation in Westchester County. Proud Boy Christopher Worrell was a no-show for his sentencing hearing and has had a warrant issued for his arrest. The Department of Justice finds that a police officer's death by suicide following the attack on the Capitol was in the line of duty. And Trump lawyer Alina Haba has resurrected the lawsuit that cost her $1 million in sanctions. I'm Alison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Dana, how are you faring with uh, Tropical Storm Hillary? Uh, It's been good. A lot of rain. There's wind
2: right now. But all in all, everyone's safe. And I'm just hoping that people stay safe in the flash floods. Please don't go out in this. I know you're listening the next day, but that doesn't mean there won't be off this
0: runoff. So if someone tells you to stay inside, please stay inside. Yes, it's right now. We've just got some rain down here uh, in San Diego. uh, And I'm sorry that they canceled all my flights. I missed y'all in Seattle for the meetup we had to cancel. I apologize for that to the patrons. Uh, we're still set for Denver. So far, they haven't canceled any of the flights there, but I'll keep you posted. And Dana, remember when James O'Keefe stepped down from Project Veritas? I do. Yes, yes. I was like, oh, I bet he's under investigation. And that's why he's leaving. Uh-huh. Well... He's under criminal investigation now by, <laughs> by the Westchester County District Attorney's Office in New York. Our friend Mimi Roca is the district attorney there. That's according to The Nation. The magazine reported that while the nature of the investigation has not yet been made public, its timing suggests that it could be linked to allegations of financial impropriety when he was the CEO at Project Veritas. And also, remember when Alina Habba got hit with a million dollars in sanctions for her frivolous lawsuit with Donald Trump against Hillary Oh, I do. 30 mm-hmm. other defendants, including, by the way, the co- my co-host of the Jack podcast, Andy McCabe, and my co-host of Clean Up on Aisle 45, Pete Strzok. Well, she's actually <laughs> refiling the lawsuit, even though it was dismissed with prejudice. She's refiling, saying that the Durham report proves that they have a case. There's new evidence in the Durham report that shows that, uh, you know, this is all true and uh, it doesn't. And they're also trying to get Judge Middlebrooks taken off the case, saying that he th- he threw it out improperly. So we'll see what happens there. And I, I want to give a content warning for this next brief story uh, for, for violence. A, a woman business owner and LGBTQ ally who displayed a pride flag at her small business in San Bernardino, her business is called Magpie. She was shot in the head in front of her shop on Friday night by someone who was denigrating her display of the pride flag. That suspect was later gunned down in a confrontation with police. Her name was Laura Ann Carlton. She is survived by her husband and nine children, Dana. So I encourage everyone to please send their love and support to her and her family and her community. The story is just,
2: it's so sad because I don't want people to back down from being vocal, visible allies for the community. And when things like this happen, it scares people, understandably. Um, It's just awful. You know, I follow it back to all the rhetoric from our politicians on the right. And it means voting, voting these people out of office so that the the messages that are reaching the general public that seem to be quite susceptible to them are not filled with hatred and bigotry and that it's people who are supporting the LGBTQ community and will actually stand up for our rights. So um it's a horrifying story and I know she will be missed by many.
0: Yes. Uh agreed. Um and it's it's terrorism. And all of these right wing people who spew this bigotry and hate against the LGBTQ plus community and other marginalized communities are the ones who are always saying that, you know, a family needs a mother and a father and the family is the thing. And and here we have now a mother of nine. Yeah. Gone. Uh, And uh, it's just it's it's very sad uh, and tragic. And it is terrorism. And we have to fight back. So. Um, just, again, sending love and support to to them, the family, the community, San Bernardino, the, the business, um, sending just all my love. Thank you. And thank you for including that in the discussion, A.G. Absolutely. We do have a lot of other news to get to today. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. From ABC News, appearing to contradict the former guy's primary public defense in the classified documents case, Mark Meadows told Special Counsel Jack Smith's investigators he couldn't recall a time where Trump ever ordered or even discussed declassifying broad sets of classified materials before leaving the White House, nor was he aware of any standing order from Trump authorizing the automatic declassification of the materials taken out of the Oval Office. That's according to sources familiar, likely sources related to Mark Meadows, who want to get this news out so that he looks good. Ever since the FBI seizure of more than 100 classified documents from Mar-a-Lago in August, Trump has insisted he declassified all the stuff with his mind. He now faces 40 separate criminal charges related to his possession of those documents. That's just in one case. And those counts range from unlawful retention of national defense information to various obstruction related offenses, including a conspiracy to delete or hide or stop surveillance tapes from from going out. AG, hold on just a second. We're actually having an earthquake. I gotta get away from the window. Oh my goodness. We don't feel it down here, Dana. Um... Okay, hold on.
2: Yeah, I've never had an alert come onto my phone like that um, right when it's happening, which is crazy. So the building's just old, but we're good. It was just shaker. You all right? Yep. Sorry about that. Okay. I felt my chair move and I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. It was a 5.5.
0: 5. And <laughs> we're back. No, you said that. And I looked around and because I, I, I tend to look at like th- things that hang from to see if anything's moving. We didn't feel it down here. So it must have been yeah up either north of you or, or uh, way off to the east. Cool. So hurricanes and earthquakes. All yeah, right. Everything's fine. Uh, tornado warnings uh, in the east county. Mm. Okay. Yep. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, i'm glad everything's okay and it was just a, a small shaker but ooh, yeah all right oh boy uh, i will uh i'll uh hold I, on to my seat down here in case it's traveling i felt my chair move and i was like you're gonna be kidding me oh my goodness all right well uh i was talking about obstruction related defenses down at mar-a-lago with mark meadows and what they found out he told to the special prosecutor investigators abc news also reviewed an early draft of his book, The Chief's Chief, which is really a terrible name. Uh, It was about his time serving as Trump's chief of staff for the final months of the Trump White House, which includes a description of Trump having classified war plans on the couch at his office in Bedminster in New Jersey at that meeting attended by Meadows' ghostwriter and publicist, but not by Meadows himself. The reference to that document is in being in Trump's possession was removed before the book was published. He took it out. Sources told ABC Meadows acknowledged to investigators that he had asked that that paragraph be changed because it would be, quote, problematic had Trump had such a document in his possession. Sources tell ABC News that Meadows told special counsel investigators that he did not discuss making those edits with Trump. Meadows also told investigators he was not involved in packing the boxes, leaving the White House, uh, and he largely distanced himself from the removal of government documents, including classified materials. The sources said Meadows told investigators he did not witness Trump himself packing boxes and was unaware that Trump had taken any government records, including classified documents. Former chief of staff also told investigators that shortly after the National Archives first requested the return of the official documents, he offered to Trump that he would go through the former president's boxes to retrieve the official records and send them back to D.C. Meadows told investigators Trump did not accept his offer. Now, all of this stuff that Meadows told investigators... Is so detailed, it can only have come from Meadows. I just want everyone to sort of be clear on that. Of course, Trump is going to say that the DOJ leaked, uh, but no. Meadows recalled to investigators only one instance in his time serving as the chief of staff where he claimed to see Trump declassifying documents, and that was the crossfire hurricane stuff. Right? Trump had this memo on January 19th, and uh, it has been a subject of dispute as the Justice Department has resisted publicly releasing purported documents at issue. Smith's team also questioned other witnesses about the references to the war plan document that were dropped from the early draft of the book. According to sources, a previous draft of the book written by Meadows's ghostwriter, who, along with the book's publicist, were present at that meeting, specifically referenced a four page war plan the president was heard referring to in that audio recording we've all heard. And sources tell ABC that Meadows was questioned by Smith's investigators about those changes made to the book, and Meadows claimed that he personally edited it out because he didn't believe at the time Trump would have possessed a document like that at Bedminster. Sounds like bullshit. Meadows also said that if it were true, Trump did indeed have such a document, it would be problematic and concerning. (laughs) Meadows (laughs) said his perspective changed on whether his ghostwriter's recollection could have been accurate given the later revelations about the classified material recovered from Mar-a-Lago. There's a lot more to this story. It's uh You can read it on in ABC or on their website, but we also will cover it on the next episode of the Jack podcast. Thanks so much, A.G. This is from ABC News. It seems Christopher Warrell, a Florida
2: Proud Boy convicted on seven counts stemming from his actions during January 6th riot. Well, he was scheduled to be sentenced today in Washington, D.C., the federal court, but is now missing. This is according to a spokeswoman from the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia. And she said, we are interested in any information the public may have about his whereabouts. This is from Patricia Hartman, and that's what she told NBC News. A lawyer for Worrell declined to comment. Now, court records show that his sentencing hearing, originally scheduled for Friday at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, has been indefinitely postponed. On Thursday, U.S. District Judge Royce Lambert issued an order making the public existence of an arrest warrant for him. Now, that order was not publicly docketed until Friday. The FBI released a wanted poster for Worrell on Friday, saying he is, and I quote, wanted for violating conditions of release pending sentencing on federal charges related to the violence at the United States Capitol in Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021. Very specific. The poster urges anyone with information to contact a local FBI officer embassy. Judge Lambert convicted Worrell on all seven charges he was facing following a five day bench trial in May. Now, those charges included obstruction of an official proceeding, assaulting officers and engaging in violence on capital grounds. Prosecutors are seeking a 14 year prison sentence for Roel, citing his refusal to take responsibility, his lack of remorse and lies that he told while he was under oath. His co-defendant, Daniel Scott, who is another Florida Proud Boy, he was sentenced to five years in prison last month. So this guy, he's on the lam. It's on, on the, the run. Lamb.
0: Man on the run. Uh, They'll, they'll get him. He, he, they took his passport away. So yeah. he, I don't know where he thinks he's going. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Proud Boys, the Justice Department is seeking Dana 33 years in prison for Enrique Tario, former Proud Boys leader, convicted of seditious conspiracy in one of the most serious cases to emerge from the attack on the Capitol. The sentence, if imposed, would be by far the longest punishment that's been handed down in the massive prosecution of the riot on January 6th. Oathkeepers founder Stuart Rhodes was convicted of seditious conspiracy in a separate case, and he has the longest sentence to date, which is 18 years. Tario, who once served as national chairman of the far right extremist group, and three lieutenants were convicted by a Washington jury in May of conspiring to block the transfer of presidential power in the hopes of keeping Donald Trump in the White House after the Republican president lost the 2020 election. Prosecutors are also asking for a 33-year sentence for Tario's co-defendants, one of them, Joe Biggs, of Ormond Beach, Florida, a self-described Proud Boys organizer. They're asking a the judge to impose a 30-year prison term for Zachary Rell, who was president of the Proud Boys chapter in Philadelphia, 27 years for Ethan Nordeen of Auburn, Washington, who was a Proud Boys chapter president, And 20 years for Dominic Pozzola, Proud Boys member from Rochester. Uh, Pozzola was acquitted of seditious conspiracy, but convicted of other serious charges. Tario, who's 39, was not in Washington on January 6th. He'd been arrested two days earlier in a separate case and ordered out of the city. But prosecutors allege he organized and directed the attack by Proud Boys who stormed the Capitol that day. And like in the case of Rhodes and other Oath Keepers, prosecutors are urging the judge to apply the so-called terrorism enhancement. Note 4 which can lead to a longer prison term under the argument that the Proud Boys sought to influence the government through intimidation or coercion. U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta agreed with prosecutors that the Oath Keeper's crimes should have that terrorism enhancement, but still sentenced Rhodes and the others to terms much shorter than what prosecutors were seeking. 25 years, they asked the DOJ for Stuart Rhodes, and he only got 18. The others, similar. The DOJ has filed notice, though, that they intend to appeal the Oath Keeper's shorter sentences That's really bad news for Donald Trump. Um, I'm hoping that there's just more bad news for him day in and
2: day out. All day, every day. All day, every day. This last story is from Ryan Riley at NBC News. And just a small content warning on this, please. The widow of a police officer who died by suicide after he was assaulted during the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol has been found eligible for federal benefits program for the families of fallen officers. Aaron Smith, who is the widow of Jeffrey Smith was instrumental in the passage of a renewed version of the Public Safety Officer Support Act that President Joe Biden signed into law last August. This is this is the good part of the story, for sure. The legislation made the families of officers who died by suicide eligible for the federal benefits that go to first responders, so long as their death is found to have been linked to their official duties and exposure to a traumatic event. The Justice Department's Public Safety's Officers Benefit Office informed Smith's lawyer of this decision on Friday. And this is a quote from the story. It is my honor to inform you that the Public Safety Officers Benefits, which is the PSOB, that office has approved your claim for death benefits. And that's from Hope D. Janke, the director of the office. They wrote in a letter to Aaron Smith and went on to say, The entire PSOB office staff extends our condolences to you and your family and our gratitude for Officer Smith's public safety efforts and commitment to his community. Aaron Smith said that, and this is another quote, Jeffrey's injuries clearly caused his death and that she was proud of the work that she did. That would mean that family members of officers who died by suicide would not go through what she had to. She said, when my husband died, I was denied the line of duty benefits that he deserved. She said that in a statement to NBC News. And went on to say, but I knew from the beginning that Jeffrey died in the line of duty from the injuries he suffered on January 6th. Now, Smith was standing at a pharmacy counter after her husband's death when she learned that the benefits she received through his employment, they had been discontinued. She said she, and I quote, did not want any future widow or widower to ever go through this, what she went through after her husband's death. So, you know, this is a collateral beauty of someone really caring About other people and obviously herself, but this is going to change things for other people in the future. And she absolutely deserves these benefits. And
0: this is another death that was caused by the January 6th riot, period, the end. Yeah. Um, All right. We have uh, some good news we need to read and we need the good news today. We Um, sure do. And in fact, we're having a bit of a good news shortage uh, these past couple of days. So I really encourage everybody, whatever good news you have to send it in to us and you can do that by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact we'll be right back with it stick around
1: after these messages will be right-
0: Hey, everybody. It's AG. Upgrading to my Helix mattress was the best thing I've ever done for myself. Uh, it, from that first night, I knew it was tailored perfectly for my needs. And I've never had a better night's sleep. Just go to helixsleep.com slash take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match it to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And you'll get 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows with the code HELIXPARTNER25. Helix Sleep has 20 amazing mattresses, including the celebrated Lux collection and the new Helix Elite line. They've got something for everyone, including big and tall sleepers and even kids. Their kids' mattresses have been designed specifically for children between three and 12 and recently was awarded Best Mattress Winner by Parents Magazine. The Helix Sleep Quiz makes it easy to select the perfect mattress, guiding you to your ideal fit within two minutes. Your personalized choice is then shipped to you for free to your doorstep so you never have to go to a mattress store again. Each mattress is made in Helix's own American manufacturing facility, where skilled workers craft every piece with precision and if you're still on the fence, Helix's 100-night trial and 10- or 15-year warranties give you ample time to fall in love with your new mattress in the comfort of your own home. Plus, Helix supports the military and first responders, teachers, and students by giving them a special discount when they place their order online. You can't beat it. And Helix is offering 25% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners to honor Labor Day. Go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans and use code HELIXPARTNER25. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Everyone, then good news, everyone. (laughs) good news. good news. And we've got hurricanes. We've got earthquakes. We've got tropical storms. What we need is your good news. So if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, if you want to play what the mud or what the heck wine or give a shout out to a local business in your area or an adoptable pet near you, uh, shout out to yourself. Tell us what you're doing. Brag about yourself. I want to hear that. If you have a whoopee story or pictures of babies, anything you want to send, send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact First up from Aaron, pronouns he and him. A gentle correction. Judge Chutkin's name is pronounced Chutkin, not Chutkin. One more thing is that the co-owner of the Marion County Recorder was the mother. Yes, I think I corrected that a couple of days ago. Mm -hmm. She was 98-year-old Joanne Meyer. Uh, Of the other co-owner, she was his mother, Eric Meyer's mother. They were not a couple. Thanks for all you do. P.S., Uh, attached a photo of our dog ollie we have no idea what breed he is except he's spoiled rotten (laughs) note he refuses to go into the yard if the grass touches his belly he's barely eight pounds and very short he's our little lord fauntleroy
2: oh my god i know What a sweet baby. So sweet. All right, we have another tiny correction. This is from Bonnie, pronoun she and her. Just a small nitpicky correction on the movie Dogma. While Alanis Morissette does indeed play the role of God in the movie, the late great Alan Rickman portrays Metatron, the angel who serves as the voice of God. Rickman was a supremely talented actor and also politically active and aware. He also most always was cast as the villain including in Dogma where he plays a somewhat lovable but very irritable angel. He was my favorite actor since I saw him in a tiny indie movie called Closetland. I had to take the chance to bring up his name, truly one of the greats and gone too soon. Poppet Tax is my enormous black cat named Midnight. Due to his size he has earned the nickname the Black Panther. He's roughly 25 pounds, and it's supposed to be on a diet, but he usually manages to beg at least one extra meal out of me.
0: (laughs) This looks like my uh, booba, who was a a black kitty, and he was like 28 pounds at his heaviest. That's a big cat. So thank you, Bonnie, for that correction. Yes, Metatron, voice of God, because you couldn't hear the voice of God, uh, Alanis's voice, because it would kill you. Uh, So yes, sorry about that. Good correction there. And yes, Alan Rickman, I think my favorite by Grabthar's hammer. What a savings, I think, is my. (laughs) Next up from anonymous pronouns, she and her, A.G. and D.G., thanks so much for bringing the news I can trust for accuracy. After 31 years, except for Alan Rickman, voice of God, and you know, a couple (laughs) other gentle corrections, but thank you. After 31 years as a high school teacher, wow, congrats. I retired two years ago to be able to care for my youngest grandchildren and my aging parents. In addition, I helped care for an elderly lady from our church. It's been so rewarding. Providing care for our littles and elders truly requires a village. My father passed away just one year ago, and I miss him dearly. As his mobility declined, caregivers came to his home where he would frequently ask, Are you a Republican? (laughs) I was at his home on such an occasion, and he asked this question of a new physical therapist. Her response won him over immediately. She said, God, no. Mitch McConnell is a boil on the ass of mankind. (laughs) Uh -uh. I still chuckle when I remember that day. For DG, I'm including a photo of my youngest. Oh, uh, my God. Grandchildren. She's nearly eight months old and brightens my days. Hope she brings a little sunshine to yours. Look. I know. This is the cutest little Michelin baby. These rolls on the (laughs) arms and the legs.
2: She's perfect. Oh. Oh my gosh. Thank you for this anonymous. I mean, this baby is perfection. Perfection. I just want to squeeze them all. Little soft bites. Little soft bites. Definitely sunshine. (laughs) This is from anonymous pronouns she and her. Hello, I wanted to thank you for talking about what's happening in Arkansas with the incredibly racist governor and her secretary of education trying to stop the African American studies class. There are so many of us here who are sick over this and I am not taking it lightly. It's worth noting that the Little Rock School District was the first district in the state to say publicly that we would not stop the class. Graduation credit would be given for the class and the students taking it will not have to pay for the AP exams themselves. Little Rock School District is the home of Central High, which most people know of because of the Little Rock 9. Now, I'm so incredibly proud of my district for quickly speaking out and doing what's best for students. Many in our state are now working to push back against the Department of Ed's decision in order to get that AP class accredited, as it should be, and to make sure all students taking that AP exam will not have to pay, considering all other AP exams in Arkansas are paid for by the state. Please keep the pressure on the little DeSantis light governor. Thank you for all you do with the podcast. I love it. Yeah. Huckabee Sanders is a piece of work.
0: Mm, Yeah. And uh, that's so that's so cool that the that these school districts are just like, no, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm out. But also that they're trying to get get so that they can pay for this exam. Dana, you and I talked about this on a previous show that they were paying for all of them except The AP African-American studies course. Yep. Um, Just unbelievable. Just the the racism is just, it's not even dog whistles anymore. It's just loud as a bullhorn. So very proud of these school districts and the colleges for accepting the the, the credits. So, all right. Uh, Thank you so much for sending in your good news. Again, if you have good news, please just right now, just go into your email. Well, actually, you go to dailybeanspod.com and click on contact and fill out the form. Uh, we 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 need your good news stories. We're going to need it this week. Um, and we appreciate you uh, so much. And if you can hear that, I don't know if y'all can hear that right now, but the rain's starting to come down really hard here in San Diego. Uh, so um, keep us in your thoughts. Uh, hopefully there will be no more earthquakes today. Oh, my God. It was a
2: 5.5. It was two miles from Ojai. So if you're listening to this on, let's see what today is, on Monday, uh, you would you would have felt it. I mean, I'm in um, the Fairfax area of Los Angeles, and I we felt it, which is why we had to stop the podcast for a second.
0: Yeah, and we had actually three quick ones in a row: a five zero, a three one, and a four zero, all out of Ohio. So here's hoping, and a five five, right? Yeah. So yeah. Here's, mm, okay, chill. Everybody, chill. <laughs> Send Jesus. in your good news again. It's DailyBeansPod.com. Do you have any, oh, by the way, there's a new episode of Jack Out that's a fucking outstanding. I highly recommend you listen to it. And of course, Wednesday, Clean Up on Isle 45 will be out uh, for the first time. All three podcasts are in the top 50 news podcasts in the world at the same time. Usually one I'm of, them so proud of you. dips out somewhere over there. But uh, So thank you, everybody, um, for subscribing to to these pods. I really appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who's a patron. Do
2: you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Actually, just a quick one. I don't often get to drop into the happy hours for the patrons on Fridays, but just coming into the room and seeing all the love in the chat, I just want to thank everyone. I mean, I know that you all appreciate me and and the podcast, but it was it warmed my heart. So I'm going to try the best I can when I'm not traveling to pop in from time to time. But I just want to thank everyone for all the love and stuff, especially the patrons that were in that little happy hour to say hi
0: and bye. Yeah, and we had hundreds there on Friday. Yeah, that was a good one. Because um we we also were joined by Pete Struck and Andy McCabe who were kind enough to to pop in between their television appearances and um uh, answer some questions. So if you're interested in becoming a patron, you can do it at um patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote. Wrote. And for cleanup on aisle forty five, it's patreon.com slash aisle forty-five pod. A-I-S-L-E four five P O D. Y'all make the show happen. You know, I mean I could I I could It's just like NPR, right? Except we don't get government funding. (laughs) We have to rely rely on private donations and support. So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It was wonderful to see you all on Friday. All right, everybody, we'll be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone you know with you. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And them's the beans.